This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Chance Dorland, and this is the Spurs Insider, our weekly NBA podcast from expressnews.com. And I'm joined once again by San Antonio Express News sports writer, Mike Finger. Great to have you back here on the show, Mike. Recently in Denver, back now in San Antonio. That's right. It's been a it's been a wild first round series, but uh, it, it, it could all come to a head here in game six. Yeah, let's get right to it. Spurs facing elimination tonight. Uh, what do you think has to change for them to survive? Obviously, if you went back a handful of games, this could have gone very differently. Yeah, and uh, the the interesting thing about this whole series is how um, easily it could have gone the other way. And and you look around the league, and this is one of only two first round series that is going to a game six. All. All the others have have been put away um, fairly handily by the favorites. And if you go back to game two in Denver, where the Spurs had already stolen game one, like they they were supposed to to do, that was their objective going on the road in those first two games. They had a 19-point lead in game two. And uh, if they just hold on to the last bit of that, um, I'm not sure that the Nuggets are able to come back from that. We we might be finished right now. Um, Everybody... Going into the series, thought that the Nuggets, even though they were the favorites and they were the number two seed and, and the Spurs were the number seven, the, the Nuggets had a team full of young guys who had never really experienced postseason before, had never been under that pressure, had never been under that spotlight. And um, even though the Nuggets have done a great job throughout the year and, and, and throughout this series of handling it, if if at that moment they lost both of those games at home and then had to go on the road to San Antonio where they hadn't won in seven years. I'm not sure they could have handled that. And and maybe the the players in that locker room would have started believing they weren't ready for it, but we'll never know because the, the nuggets mounted a, a comeback for the ages in that game too. And, and Jamal Murray and, and their young players finally started feeling their confidence. And, and then it turned into a series again. And the Spurs had a similar opportunity in game four at home to kind of take control of the series and, maybe instill some of that doubt in the Nuggets' minds and they and, and they kind of let another lead slip away. So now where we are is in a situation where the Nuggets took care of what they were supposed to do in Game 5 in Denver, and now they have, seem to have everything going for them. Um, and in terms of what needs to change in Game 6, um, there's a lot of things because the D- Denver has been – as we look back on the first five games, the, the the best team in this series from top to bottom. They've they've uh, their star players have played better, and I'm including Nikola Jokic there as well as Jamal Murray. Um, they have been killing the uh, the three point battle, and and coming into the series, you knew that the Nuggets would take more three pointers, but the Spurs were supposed to take a higher percentage or to make a higher percentage of theirs. That just hasn't happened. Uh, and so what, what needs to change tonight is is the Spurs need to hope that some of those Denver three-pointers stop falling and that they can figure out a way to 
kind of capitalize on what was one of their strengths throughout the regular season, which was three-point shooting from from bench guys like Patty Mills and Davis Bertans and Marco Bellinelli and and up and down the line. And and if Denver wins the three-point battle t- tonight like they have throughout this series, it's going to be big trouble for the Spurs. I, I, I think another thing when you're talking about what needs to change um, – the Spurs kind of have to make up their minds on what they want to take away on defense. Um, they've kind of been straddling the fence between uh, making Jokic um, work to score, making him more of a distributor, um, allowing certain three-point shooters to to have shots if it means taking other stuff at the at the rim away. Um, and they've kind of been caught in no, no man's land, especially in that blowout in Denver in game five. Um, they kind of have to uh, – to commit to what their defensive objective is and take something away because Denver's been getting a little bit of everything uh, here the past couple of games. So that's uh, game six tonight. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but let's uh, kind of branch off a bit. Denver coach Mike Malone going up against one of the best NBA coaches ever. Now the most winningest coach. There was like a three-day tie, but now it's official. Greg Popovich, number one. What, What do you think about this matchup? It was fascinating coming into the series and, and in the early parts of it uh, to hear uh, Mike Malone um, do kind of his poor he, – he, he poor-mouthed himself. It was, was kind of doing a Lieutenant Colombo thing where he didn't know anything and that he was, he was helplessly, hopelessly outmatched against, uh, against Greg Popovich. And he had all the one-liners. You know, he said that Pop has five NBA championship rings and he just has a wedding ring and – Pop is the Mike Tyson, and he's just this this guy with a glass jaw. And then the other day, he says that it's a chess match, and and Pop is Bobby Fischer, and he's he doesn't even know the rules of the game. But um, I, I I think Malone, it, if he was pouring it on a little thick, um, which I think he was, because obviously he's a great coach, could be the NBA coach of the year. Um, he has done a heck of a job, and even though he's trying to paint himself as this overmatched um, apprentice to Greg Popovich, who, who re- he re- truly respects a great deal. Um, he every, every move that he's made over the past couple of games has worked out. And there was a point around game three when it looked like Malone was making the mistakes that um, a lot of, uh, a lot of first time coaches make in the NBA playoffs. And um, that kind of moment has passed. The the truth is that when Malone decided to take Will Barton out of the starting lineup and um, insert Tory Craig, that was the the move that changed the series. And the Spurs kind of haven't found a counter to it yet. And in in one respect, Malone is doing what he's supposed to do. Denver was the favorite in the series, and he probably does have the better roster, top to bottom. So. Uh, in, in that sense, Popovich kind of has his his hands tied behind his back. But you would think that at some point there is some kind of move that can be made uh, strategically, whether it's defensively, whether it's a, a lineup change, a rotation change, what have you, um, that where where Pop could kind of swing it back in the Spurs direction. It it just hasn't happened yet. And uh, you know the the relationship with between those two guys um, kind of has an interesting backstory too. And a, a lot of listeners know that. Um, they met the story's been told uh, on a basketball without borders trip in Argentina in 2005. I think uh, Malone was kind of this just journeyman 
coach. Uh, he'd been an assistant in the league, but, but had never really gotten a break before. And, and he and Pop had wine together and, and meals together. And, and Pop kind of was so impressed with his personality and his inquisitiveness and, and just the way he looked at, at things that he, um, that he made the recommendation to Mike Brown and Cleveland to add him to his staff. And, and Malone has said that he owes basically his whole career to Popovich. So I'm not sure Pop saw that 14 years later, he'd be matched in this, uh, in this struggle of wits with the guy that he kind of made the career for, but that's what's happening now. And, and uh, even though, you know, Pop, I don't think Pop has made any grand mistakes in this series. I, I don't think that um, there's any obvious move, even though some fans would like to see him just completely throw what they did in the regular season out the window and and put in younger guys or, or shorten the rotation or, or stop playing the, the bench guys that, that had been so uh, productive for them throughout the year. I, I, I don't think there's any obvious thing that he's missed, but Mike Malone has done a, a fantastic job in this series, and 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 don't believe him when he tells you how uh, how overmatched he is. And then, of course, that game before the series where Pop got kicked out, he kind of crashed Malone's press conference, right? Yeah, and and I think that was just kind of uh, Pop's way it, in in Denver. What what people don't realize about that setup is it's not like he had to go through doors to, to come in and, and barge in. It was kind of in the hallway on his, on pops way out the, uh, out of the arena. But yeah, he, he want he, he likes, uh, who he likes and, and he wants people to know that, um, you know, he does respect and, and like Mike Malone. And, and that was just kind of his way of showing that, you know, Hey, no hard feelings. And, and, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I, I have a great deal of affection for this guy and admiration for this guy. And I, I think that's continued through the, uh, through the series the other day um, when, when Malone made the, uh, the Bobby Fisher remark pop had claimed during a pregame conference that he had no idea who Bobby Fisher was when he clearly does. And uh, after the game, he, uh, he made it kind of a, after he, after the nuggets blew the spurs out, Popovich said, you know, that, Hey, tell, tell Mike Malone, that was my, uh, my Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Fisher impression. So he, He's continued to have a good sense of humor about things. And, and I think there's a great deal of uh, mutual respect and admiration between those guys. We'll get back to tonight's game six, the big elephant in the room here in a moment, but let's talk more about what's been going on this series. The Spurs of course have two all-star caliber players in Aldridge and DeRozan. Do you think they've been doing enough? Um, what sticks out in my mind recently, maybe not necessarily for this question, but I just, I can't get out of my mind when DeRozan threw the ball and got ejected out of the game. You know, yeah, that's, that's probably, um, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know what to make of, of that. And it, I don't think it changed the outcome of that game. That game was slipping away. And, and at that point, um, in the fourth quarter, the Spurs weren't coming back from that and he ended up paying a fine and, and, uh, you know, one might say that that was just an isolated incident, but I think it is a sign of the frustration felt by not just DeRozan, but but guys up and down the the roster as to how difficult this series has become and and how frustrating it has been to not be able to um, kind of impose the the Spurs' will on on an opponent. And, um, you know, when, when you look at DeRozan and Aldridge, they're similar players in that, they were at one point the best players on their team uh, before they came to the Spurs, and they were the best players on good teams. But those good teams 
never made the NBA finals, never really competed uh, uh, for championships. And they, as look, not everybody can be a hall of famer. And there are a lot of all-stars in the NBA history in the NBA today that are, are totally worthy of, of being all-stars and totally worthy of their, their big contracts that just don't have um, the Tim Duncan, LeBron James, you know, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant ability to put a team on their back and carry that team to the NBA finals. Um, I mean, the, the NBA history is littered with those guys and it's, 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 I think hard for Spurs fans of uh, the, the fans of a franchise that has been uh, fortunate enough to have so many of those types of guys over the years for so long to accept that, um, just because the Spurs have two all-star players doesn't mean that they are the overwhelming favorites in the series. And I've, I've, I've seen fans bring up the fact that, Hey, we have two guys who are all-stars. The Denver just has one. We should be the favorites. That's not really how it works. You need a supporting cast and, uh, you need the, the, the type of, of, of roster that, that can survive a playoff series that can thrive in a playoff series. Um, and Denver just looks like, especially over the past couple of games, like they have the better mix. And should DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge be doing more? On one hand, yes. Um, but, I mean, they kind of are who they have been, and, and nothing that has happened in this series has been a huge surprise. I mean, De- uh, DeRozan is leading the team in scoring. Uh, Aldridge is – he missed a couple of layups that he should have made in that game five, and maybe it makes a difference if, if he converts those early in the in the first half. But he's kind of limited by, by his position these days, which doesn't exist much in the NBA anymore. You, you look at guys – who play the power forward like he plays around the league. And, and, and a lot of those guys like Giannis and, and uh, Jokic and, and Denver, they handle the ball and they're playmakers and they're able to control the tempo, control the action. And, and that's not really what Aldrich does. He's dependent on people getting him the ball. He's dependent on uh, not being double and triple teamed to, to have his impact. And so he's kind of limited in what he can do. And DeRozan um, is not a three point shooter. Um, so he's kind of limited in what he can do. And um, it, so it's, it's, it's a complicated question as to are, are Aldridge and DeRozan letting the Spurs down? It, it's hard to see it that way. They're just not getting a whole lot of help. But, but if they are all-star players, you would like to see them take over at least one game at one point, do a little bit more. Um, and I, I'm just not sure that's going to happen uh, on this team in, in this series. So wrapping things up, Mike, we got game six, possibly a a game seven, but obviously game six before that. Uh, Any predictions for tonight? Um, I I don't remember exactly if if this came up the the last time that you were on the podcast, but uh, at least a few people that uh, we have in our normal rotation uh, mentioned maybe Denver in seven. Yeah, um, that's that's that was the. kind of traditional wisdom before the season started that the, I mean, the only number seven seed ever to win a best of seven series in NBA history were, was the Spurs against the, the Mavericks um, about a, a little less than a decade ago. So this, it isn't the seven seed isn't supposed to win the series. Um, so the, 
the, was the Spurs were the underdogs, and it, it, it made sense that the home teams would kind of hold serve throughout the early part of the series, and, and then you'd go to, to Game Seven for the uh, for the decisive one, and, and that still is a uh, possible, if not probable, outcome uh, right now. Um, but what one thing that has happened in this series is that um, there have been two road upsets. So the the Nuggets had not won in San Antonio, um, like I mentioned earlier, in seven years, and, and they kind of got over that hump the last time uh, they were in San Antonio for, for games three and four. So they don't have that mental block anymore. Um, the Spurs did steal a game in Denver and could have stolen two uh, in games one and two. Um, so one thing that has changed from, from how we viewed this series before it started is the, the home team might not have as big of an advantage as we thought. That's not working in the Spurs' favor tonight in game six because uh, obviously they, they hoped that the trends would continue in terms of them being dominant at home and especially against the Nuggets. But um, one, one, one factor to consider is that these Nuggets have never been in a closeout NBA closeout game before. Um, we've, we've been covering playoff series for years and, and everybody always brings up how much of a mental uh, uh, situation that is, a mental block to get over, knowing that you just have to win one more game to, to eliminate another team. How do they handle that? Um, how do the Spurs kind of get a boost from um, playing a game that they know they have to win? I mean, they're, they're, they're going to do uh, pull out all the stops, so so maybe they get a boost from that. Um, right now, though, lo- uh, long story sort of short, I, I think that Nuggets in seven is probably the safest bet, but there's no guarantees tonight either. So that being the case, uh, if it is the Nuggets in seven, if it's the Nuggets in six, uh, what does that say about the season? Obviously, this year, uh, a little bit like last year in that a not, not a typical um, Spurs season. And, and of course, we know why. Um, but uh, also this year was the year after that. This year maybe was the year when you thought maybe they could have brought things together. What are, you, what are your thoughts on if it ends now? What does that mean? What does that say for what's happened? Well, I mean, it's it's just it's just kind of who the Spurs are now, um, and that might sound depressing or or um, um, underwhelming to people who have been through two decades of competing for championships. But I mean, the, if if you look back at what the Vegas odds makers and the and the statistical, you know, the five thirty eight dot coms and everybody who projected what Spurs were supposed to be this year to start the year. They surpassed their expected win total. Um, they were supposed to be a marginal playoff team. They, 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 and they, they were kind of a marginal playoff team. They, they made the seventh seed. Um, some people thought they might. This might be the year that they wouldn't make the playoffs at all, just because the West is so loaded with other talented teams, and and, and the Spurs lost a lot in in Kawhi Leonard. So, um, on on the one hand, they even if even if they lose in this series, they sort of did about as well or even a little better than a lot of people thought they would. Um, then, you know, when, when, when you talk about looking forward, is this what the Spurs have become? It, it, it kind of is. And um, I'm not sure there's just an obvious, um, you know, magic bullet that, that makes them um, championship contenders again. They're, they're in a situation where um, 
they kind of have to go with what they have on their roster. They're, they're, they're a team that's at the salary cap. They can't just go out and sign LeBron James or, or Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. Um, they're going to have some players coming back. I think the, the return of DeJounte Murray is going to be a big uh, boon for the defense. Um, and figuring out a way to make him work in there, to figuring out a way to, uh, to, to use Lonnie Walker in his second year is going to be a big deal. But um, big picture, um, I'm not sure that, that the days of Tim Duncan and Manu and Tony Parker uh, being in the mix for the NBA Finals every year are, are going to come back anytime soon. And, and I mean, th- there's no shame in what the Spurs are right now. They're a team that, that uh, you know, is, is winning high 40s, uh, pushing for, for 50 wins in a season. And, and most NBA teams would love to have that. It's, it's just not what the fans are used to and not what the organization is used to. And, and but, but, I mean... Like we've said many times before, they're learning how the rest of the NBA lives. And uh, we'll just see how they move up, move forward from here. And thank you to San Antonio Express News sports writer Mike Finger for joining me for today's episode of the Spurs Insider, our weekly NBA podcast from ExpressNews.com. For the San Antonio Express News, I'm Chance Dorland.